0: Welcome to episode 109 of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon, and today we're going to focus on something a little bit different. Before we go any further, I'd like you to pause for a moment and notice what you can smell. Yes, smell. Regular listeners will know that we often talk about the benefits of being present in the moment and noticing what our mind is giving us in terms of thoughts does this noticing extend to what our various senses are providing us? Obviously all our senses exist for a reason, but do we appreciate each of our senses as much as we might? Today I'm joined by Duncan Boke. He's the chief executive of Fifth Sense, which is a charity established to support people who've experienced sensory impairment when it comes to smell or taste. And while the COVID pandemic brought the impact of losing our sense of smell or taste into the spotlight, of course, not all of this sensory impairment is due to COVID. In our conversation, Duncan outlines why he founded the charity, his own personal experience of sense loss, and the importance of these senses for things like our everyday safety and our recreation, and of course, the impact that this can have on our own experience of work and the workplace. Huge thanks to Duncan for his time. I've, I've learned a lot from him uh, during our conversations, and I have personally gained a new uh, appreciation for my sense of smell and taste. And that's not a small thing. Please get in touch with your questions about this. It would be great to hear about your own experiences. I'm putting Duncan's contact details in the show notes, and uh, we would love to hear from you. So on to the uh, discussion with Duncan, and thank you for listening. So I'm delighted to be joined by Duncan Bok, who's the chief executive of Fifth Sense. Duncan, it's great to have you on the podcast. Um, how are you doing? I'm
1: very well, thanks, Richard. Um, thank you very much for inviting me along.
0: Now, you could do a much better introduction of your organization Mm -hmm. than I ever could. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Fifth Sense and what it is you're trying to achieve there?
1: Yeah, sure. So Fifth Sense is the, uh, we're the charity for people affected by smell and taste disorders. Um, We provide um, support, information, signposts, potential diagnosis and treatment um, to people affected by problems with a sense of smell and or taste um, we do a lot of work on around education, um, educating people on um, why smell and taste matter, um, the, the role that they play in our lives, and so people can then understand the impact of smell and taste impairments. And then we also play um, a big role in um, driving forward um, patient-focused research.
0: So uh, quite a wide remit there, um, education and, and research and everything else. But what prompted you to get involved with this organization?
1: I lost my I lost my sense of smell, um, and I I, I subsequently uh, founded the charity based on my own personal experience. Um, so I, I I had a head injury in 2005, and I was 22, um, and uh, it had a significant impact on my quality of life. And I received um, no support or information to help me um, come to terms with, uh, with 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 this loss. Um, and I spent six and a half years thinking I was one of the only people on the planet with this um, hidden, hidden invisibility. Um, and then in 2011, I read a book that had come out about um, uh, by this American girl called Molly, who'd uh, lost a sense of smell also through a head injury. And it was the, it was absolutely transformative reading this book. And um, through that, I um, I contacted someone in the book, and they introduced me to a chap called uh, Carl Philpotts who'd uh, set up the UK's first smell and taste, NHS smell and taste clinic. Carl and I started talking. By this point, I'd realised I wasn't one in a million. There were lots of other people like me. And there was a huge unmet need. Um, there was no organisation, um, charity, um, for people um, experiencing loss of smell or taste. Um, and I wanted to create the organisation that I wish, I wish had been there to support me. Um, so together, Carl and I set up Fifth Sense uh, with the intention of transforming the way um, small and size disorders were understood, um, treated, and researched.
0: So obviously a really personal connection there a- and finding out um, through your own research that you weren't alone with this. That must have changed your perspective significantly. It was, it was
1: massive, it was um, – I remember when I first um, first started Fifth Sense, so in 2012, and um, we started, started it by creating a website, um, which has sort of – well, it's become probably the leading resource on the internet for smell and taste disorders and information about senses of smell and taste themselves and how they affect us. Um, and the initial contacts I was having with people who were getting in touch with us – we were, you know, I was, I was helping them, but that, that process was helping me as well because I'd, I'd, I'd lived alone with this for six and a half years, not really, not understanding of engaging with, with this because having been told by the doctor we can't do anything, nothing is known about it, um, I just tried to box it off and, and, and almost forget about it, try to pretend I'd, I'd never had a sense of smell. And the thing is, you see, I'd lost something, that I didn't even realise I had because I paid no attention to my sense of smell really when I did have it. I think, like a lot of people, it's, it's one of these things we, we 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 tend to take for granted. Um, so I didn't, and because we, we we're not educated about the sense of smell uh, really, um, I just had this 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 sort of huge lack of understanding of of, of what I'd lost and and yeah. So starting the charity. Um, was in some ways a, a sort of a, a bit of a therapy for me.
0: And I think it's really interesting, isn't it, that something that we take for granted um, has been taken away from so many people. And of course, many of our listeners will be familiar with even just the concept because of the last two years yeah. of the pandemic where, where that's been one of the, the, um, the things that, that's affected people. And it might have been, and just in my own experience, it might have been something that was played down compared to so the, the, the other symptoms and the other experiences. And yet, you know that when you're left with it, it, it can have a very profound effect on your experience in the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, thinking back over the years before the um, pandemic and the, the, the work we were doing then, it felt like we were, you know, one of only a few few voices out there really sort of talking about this and, and trying to demonstrate the, the significance of it. Um, and then along comes um, COVID-19. And that has, um, you know, shone a, shone a spotlight on this area in ways in which we could never have really, um, really imagined. Um, and, you know, there's, there's that, there's, that's a double-edged sword, because sadly, it's, it's created a much greater number of people who are still experiencing ongoing smell and taste impairment um, following COVID-19 infection, okay? And whilst it's raised awareness, as much as anything, it's highlighted um, the, the, the sort of lack of knowledge and understanding um, within, I mean, society broadly and the healthcare profession, um, lack of treatment options for patients, and um, the relative, uh, relative lack of research um all of which is, are things that we're uh, we're working on changing
0: have you got any thoughts on why this particularly smell and taste impairment haven't received the in- the attention that other um in- sensory impairments have over time i would imagine that if if something like covid impaired your sense of hearing or your sight it might have had a different response
1: yeah, good question, Richard. Um, and I think that comes back to um, a point I made earlier. It's about this lack of understanding and appreciation of the sense of smell itself. The way that the sense of smell affects us and contributes to our lives, um, it isn't obvious. Um, it's, it's quite subconscious, in fact. Um, and, you know, people often only really become a, a, aware of it when it's suddenly gone. Um, and, and I've known lots of people who have, have lost it um, for, well, some temporary and some, some still experiencing problems now um, as, re- as a result of COVID. And a lot of time people have said to me, do you know what, Duncan, I completely get why you did this. I completely understand why you did it because it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. Um, it's affected my enjoyment of food and drink. I can't smell my partner anymore or people who've been experiencing something called parosmia and distortions of the sense of smell. Mm. Um, that's been um, horrendous for people as well. So it's this, coming back to your question, we, we, we just have this lack of understanding and appreciation of something The sense of smell, something that um, contributes so much to our overall pleasure um, and enjoyment of life and connects us to the world around us. Um, We form memories through smells um, and and it connects us to other people in really a profound, deep, uh, deeply emotional, deeply psychological way.
0: It's really interesting because we've had several conversations about this before today. And every time I've left one of those chats, I've I've had a a deeper appreciation for my sense of smell and I've noticed more um, of my experience using that that sense in particular. I've also explored it in training um, with with people where I've used it as a way that something from outside of us can spark memories and thoughts and in a very pleasurable way, in the same way that seeing something sparks a memory smelling something can do exactly the same the same thing and i suppose it's not used to navigate the world around us it's it's not used in the majority of jobs but, as we've discussed previously, many jobs uh, will will really depend on someone's uh, acuity of taste and, uh, and smell what What are those other knock on effects? you've been really clear about what what is really unpleasant about this, but what tends to happen to people who have had this impairment for for an ongoing period of time um the The, the impact is can, can be quite
1: profound for people um, and uh, it's often um, a emo- real emotional loss um, because if you think about how um, smell connects us to other people, so the smells of our partners, our, um, our children, um, the way that we form memories of places through smells, as, as I said before, um, and suddenly take that away. Um, and, you know, if people with parotomy replace all that with something deep, deeply repugnant smells um that can be really really challenging for people um and um you know there's the emotional aspects but then there's uh, there's also safety um consequences as well so um if you can't smell gas you can't smell smoke um can't smell um spoiled food um then potentially you know that's putting that's putting people at risk um we, you know, one of the things that, that that we talk about is the importance of having a, a designated nose. Someone, you know, friend, family member, you can ask to smell things for you. But but not everyone um, has that, uh, has people around them all the time. Um, think about older, um, vulnerable people who live alone, who, you know, some people experience loss of the sense of smell as part of the aging process. Um there's some really really significant um knock on if, knock on effects um that people are often just completely unaware of
0: so in addition to potentially removing the pleasure we get from certain experiences and uh, and I've read on the back of our conversations of people who've had the experience of you know that red wine that i used to love now smells like petrol uh or this dish that i used to really enjoy brings much less pleasure because i can feel it in my mouth but the whole experience is different now there is the interpersonal bit and that's what i find particularly intriguing um because this is all about the world of work when we you know when we discuss things on on this podcast and it really sparked ideas and and linked thoughts for me about the impact of sensory impairment when when we're in the workplace. What, what kind of things do people tell you about their experience of work once that this has happened to them?
1: So yeah, so one of the um, one of the concerns for people in the workplace is is safety, as I've mentioned um, already. Um, mm. So imagine working um, in the uh, utility sector. Being uh, work, you know, working with gas or working in an environment where there um, there might be, by, uh, smoke or fumes present, and you can't smell them. Well, that's potentially a, an issue for people. Um, and then on a more, um, you know, a level that people might not necessarily think about, it's, it's anxiety um, that can be created. Um, for people so i remember um some, some research we did a few years ago and someone's saying about um they, they they cycled cycled to work and one of the things that used to concern them was um did they smell or not you know did they mm. did they have body odor in the office and is that going to have any impact on people and do people know and are too polite to say to me um those nice. sorts of things and even 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 um going out for um for meals um again i remember seeing something from somebody talking about the christmas lunch um work christmas lunch and saying that you know i don't enjoy it and because i can't really taste any of the food um but i go along and i sort of feel i've got to participate and then i've got people next to me saying oh this is really nice what what do you think and i'm sat there saying thinking I, I don't know. I don't get anything from it. Um, so it's this, it's this, this, this isolation um, that people can then experience um, from experiences, normally pleasurable experiences, with other people um, that can be a real, real challenge.
0: And this impairment, this disability, like many others, is invisible to other people. And and which could help explain why um, someone at a Christmas lunch isn't as sensitive as they might be if that impairment was was visible. That anxiety about what other people think of you, that those thoughts about what you're missing out on, it sounds like it, it could be quite an exhausting uh, experience, and yet it's not obvious to those around you. In 2014,
1: we did a, a piece of research to capture people's um, quality of the quality of life impact of olfactory disorders. And 54 percent of people said that their relationship with partner, family, friends had been affected, and a big part of that um, is down to uh, the, the the isolation aspect and people mm. feeling that they're you know those closest to them don't understand what they're going through and people again find it difficult to to articulate their um, their, their, their the the impact of their on their
0: experience and this this is interesting as well because a lot of the challenges that we talk about when we talk about work people find solace and support outside of work in either their social roles or their family roles. And yet this is something that comes with them no matter where they are. They'll feel that loss regardless of the context. And, and that disconnection, um, that, re- that really sounds tough, to be blunt.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that, that thing of it's something that you carry with you, that you take with you, um, you know, wherever you go. And there are going to be situations you experience in the workplace, um, and disconnection that, that do you then feel from the people around you in that context, but then you go home and you might experience the same um, same issues there.
0: Mm, mm. It, it's with you regardless of of where you are. Yeah. It it got me thinking. One of the first conversations we had about this. Um, I mean, you know, the positive for me was was maybe not taking my sense of smell and taste uh, for granted as much as I did before. definitely made me more aware of it. But one of the things that jumped out at me from our chats was the extent to which food and drink are part of our working lives. When you are... Thanked for something, you're often given food or drink when there's a celebration. It's often around food, and and you know, rewarding someone for doing a great job with a bottle of wine that they can't taste. You know, it doesn't have the same impact, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. And um, it's a great great present to give, isn't it? On the face of it, um, mm-hmm. but how many people, um, when choosing a, a a present for a colleague, would think, hmm? I wonder if the person I'm buying it for um, has, has got a fully functioning sense of smell or taste, um, because if not, then maybe I should choose something else. I wonder how that
0: thought process ever, uh, how, how, how often that ever happens. I suspect very rarely. Mm-hmm. No, and and, and and other aspects of identity might come to the fore. I wonder, does this person actually eat meat? Or does this person drink alcohol? Or would this person actually thank me for chocolate? Or do, you know would they prefer something healthier? And yet could they experience this? It's probably not anywhere on that list.
1: Uh, no, no. I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought so at all. I mean, um going back to what we said before about the pandemic and increasing awareness. Many more people are now aware that this is a thing right mm. that you can um, experience loss or you know a, a problem with your your sense of smell or taste um, but actually that translating into um, longer term impact and understanding there's still some still some work to be done there um, but I think you know if we, we can we can get to the point where people are you know, aware broadly and are able to sort of take that into consideration. Then I think that's really helpful. Um, but I'll, t- I'll tell you, a lot of that's got to come from us. When I say us, I mean those of us with um, smell taste impairments. I think we've got to be the ones to drive that change. And you know, fifth sense is is a, a vehicle for that, if you like. Um, but as individuals as well. Um, so I think having that conversation with your partner with your family with your friends okay having that having those conversations with your colleagues and saying look just to make you aware i you know i've got very very poor or no sense of smell and um it is difficult for me when we go out together and eat because i don't really enjoy it or experience it in the same way that that, that, that you guys do and actually you know Being bold and taking that first step and, you know, as somebody who's got a a lot of experience uh, of of talking to people about this, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can sort of testify to this. Um, It can be really, really helpful in in breaking down barriers because a lot lot more people are aware now. And I think a lot of people are going to be understanding and will listen. And to be honest, my experience, a lot of people find it at at the very least interesting and will listen. Mm -hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it's important that we, um, we start to um, we start to talk more we have more of these conversations just as you and I have Richard because that mm-hmm. in itself is, um, that, is, that, is, that has helped your understanding hasn't it
0: Definitely, and my appreciation and, and made those links with with other people Elements of our experience of the workplace and um, a, a new appreciation for what might seem like a reward in one context could seem like uh, quite a chore in another. So y- y- you're working really hard to raise awareness. You're working hard to, to educate people and, and conduct that research that needs to be conducted about you know the the impact that this has. I'd love, to, and I'm going to um, link uh, to your website and the online resources in the show notes for this episode, so I can direct. Cause I know that lots of listeners will be interested to find out more about this for a variety of reasons. If there was one thing, though, that you would love employers to know about this experience, what would it be?
1: Um, I, I, I'd like employers to, um, to recognize that um, smell-taste impairment um, is a, a can be a significant challenge for people and um, to think about ways in which they can um, recognize that and, and, and respond to any needs of um, uh, their employees um, that they identify.
0: Fantastic. Um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to talk uh, with you about this and, and I'm sure it's a, a topic that's either sparked some ideas or one where our listeners are thinking, that's me. And I'd like to find out more. So no doubt they'll be getting in touch with you. But I really appreciate your time today. It's been great to chat with you again. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for downloading this episode of My Pocket Psych. To get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at Psych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact. Thanks for listening.